Welcome to the first ever episode of the podcast, Chipping Away. We are super excited about what is to come and our very, very first guest, Fernando. He is one of my closest friends, and he's an incredible dancer, creator, immersive artist, and just beautiful human inside and out. And when I think of someone who has drive and someone who is motivating myself and himself and others, he's the first person that comes to mind. So I'm very excited to introduce Fernando. So I am Fernando Rafael Moya Delgado. I wasn't even going to Let's try and go there. <laughs> um, I am from Guayaquil, Ecuador. I'm Latino. I'm Ecuadorian. Um, I'm 25 year old right now. And <laughs> soon to change yeah, in the future. No, no, but I'm just saying I'm 25. <laughs> and I am an actor, dancer, artist, creator. Mm-hmm. I actually struggle with like finding the order because I I consider myself an artist. Okay. As cheesy as it is, but I, I like creating art. You're a renaissance man. You kind of do just about everything. I just like making things happen. Um, yeah. And I am currently living in New York, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I am been working a lot on, in immersive theater this past years. But mm-hmm. I'm putting my soul and my art in other pockets yeah. of the world still. Yeah. That you're creating and you're helping develop. Yeah. And I'm also constantly trying to challenge myself to see what I want to do. I went to school for acting for film and TV at Pace University, like college-wise. And I'm still interested, very interested in doing film and doing web series and doing TV. Right now, my life has taken me somewhere else, but always excited to jump back. So when you were growing up in Ecuador, it wasn't your first instinct to be a dancer? Or like, tell me a little bit about growing up and kind of discovering this artist in you. So I think the way this... I, first of all, I think I always had it in my family. Okay. My grandpa loved and like reading theater and reading plays. Um, and uh, he would always share like so much art with us. Aww. But uh, still at that point, like it wasn't necessarily my thing. And then my cousin, Paulina, she was taking dance classes. Okay. So because she was taking dance classes, I would go to her like end of the year recitals and whatnot. <laughs> and that was always very fun to me. And what that became is when she would come to play to my house. We would create dance pieces or create musicals. Or and how create old are you? Theaters. I'm a kid. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like seven. I don't know. Okay. Or like, I think it started when I was younger than that, but it was all play, like playful. And it was just like, yeah. my cousin came to my house or I went to her house. So we're creating stuff. We're playing like this in a similar way, how you play house. Okay. You know? But you were playing dance. We were playing, creating things. And like, we would make like little shows. And then we, kept growing and I think it became a little annoying for my family because <laughs> every get together and I'm saying I'm being honest I'm not every being, single one uh, yeah like I'm not exaggerating every single one we had a show for them Aww. yeah and we sat them down <laughs> in an audience oh format. yes a hundred percent we sat them down it's not like oh we created something they're like oh good for you no 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 like you're gonna sit down in the living room be and- quiet and we're gonna do this show for you that's incredible we did that a lot um So I think that's where my hunger for art and theater started. Eventually, me and her started taking, like, summer theater camps together. In Ecuador? Yes. Okay. Which was very non-traditional or conservative training. Right. Like, it wasn't really, like, acting lessons. It was a lovely Ecuadorian theater group trying to, (laughs) I'm assuming, make some money and make a living and entertain these kids. Like, we were having fun. Like, we did... A lot of fun things, but I, I don't necessarily 
remember learning like anything that was tran transcendental. It was more like right. making and putting costumes on and it was very fun. Okay. But were you doing like when I was growing up and we did theater class and whatnot, when I was a kid, we played like zip, zap, zop or whatnot, yeah, you know, yeah. those kind of games. Did of you course. play things like that? I or? played that in high school. Okay. But like, I don't know. I may, perhaps we did. I don't want to discredit this group, but... <laughs> This Ecuadorian theater. No, group. I don't even remember what their name was because, like, my brain in the moment was like having fun. Great. Like, I was. I went to theater camp to have fun with my cousins and to do something in the afternoon or in the morning. You know, it's summer. Um, but then eventually, and this is like jumping forward. Actually, wait. My cousin moved to the U.S. Okay. She moved to the U.S. Because she was older than you. Yes, a okay. year. She's just a year older than me. And when she moved to the U.S., I would still come visit for summers. And we straight up created musicals. Like, <laughs> like wrote it? Oh, yes. I mean, we didn't, we didn't compose it. Like, hell no. But like every time we <laughs> oh, sang no. the song, <laughs> the song was different. Okay. Um, but we did all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and we still laugh about it. Like, we still remember. We, my parents probably have it filmed somewhere. Oh, I know. And your parents have always been like super supportive and loving of yeah. this journey but, into creating. But still then, yeah, always. But it wasn't that serious then. I remember my uh, brothers, I think this is middle school. We don't have middle school in Ecuador. It's elementary and high school. It's connected. So that middle okay, so school what is divided. Is, what is your lo lower school then? Like first through? Um, eighth, seventh. Okay. I, so I like eighth, most of middle school. Yeah. Like actually eighth starts in high school. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so we do get education. It's just separated differently. Um, <laughs> you do yeah. get the schooling of yeah, middle school. I, it's just not called middle school. My high school was actually a little intense. Like, I got a beautiful education. I loved it. Um, but at some point, my brothers asked me on a family trip. They're like, so what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, my dad's a lawyer. Mm -hmm. My oldest, my two brothers are lawyers at, the, at that moment they were not. Um, and I was like, I want to make theater. Oh, and you're how old? I truly don't know. I think I was in what in the U.S. is middle school. Okay, so and you're probably like thirteen. I think ish. twelve, like like wow. eleven, twelve. I was like, I want to make theater. I don't really remember the age, but I also remember them being like, okay, but that's not a possibility. And I don't think they were being um, malicious, malicious or dismissive. I don't think they were aware of that, because truly in Ecuador, theater and acting. And art making was not something seen as a career. It was not yeah. something that you would pursue in that way. Um, and I was, I remember feeling very frustrated. And I was just a kid, but I was like, but why? Like, why can I not do this? And what they ended up telling me, which was a little comforting at the moment, was um, you can study something else and you can like do that on the side. Okay. And I remember being like, okay, I mean, maybe I could be a lawyer and like in the afternoons do theater. That's all you knew. I had no idea. Yeah. I, my parents are lawyers. My, my dad's a lawyer. He doesn't have time to do theater in the afternoon. <laughs> lawyers don't. <laughs> but he has time to get drunk and sing karaoke 100%, with us. So 100%. His dad is one of my favorite people love, in the world. My dad's a crazy man. He's but amazing. That's the thing is that like my family is very extroverted and I'm thankful that they were always supportive and I don't think in that moment they were not trying to be supportive. They were being realistic with our circumstances. Yeah, and it's just not something that they were also exposed to yeah. growing up. So by this far, like, theater, it's still not really a serious thing. Or or it is for me, but it's not in the grand perspective of things because I didn't think it was a possibility. Right. And the only place where I did actual plays and, um, and shows was uh, school. 
Okay. Which like that was more like classical training or like we had a script and we had a role. You and didn't we had just a make things up. No, and 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 then then is when I started having my actual training. I was lucky that my high school had like some amazing teachers that I know uh, until now and. I started like learning how to learn a script and learning how to be a character, but it was I was still very much performing because I didn't really know what acting was. Like I was still like the king, and the king <laughs> was doing these things, whatever. It and was. he has a cape and a crown. Oh, I had a cape and a crown. It was blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I am totally so just picturing that was real. high school Fernando. Oh my god, this is not even high school. This is like middle school. Oh like, right, yeah. your weird hybrid. Yeah. So then. Your brothers are telling you then you can't go to school for this and you're going to have to study something else and then you can do it on the side. And you're kind of a little bit confused about that, but then you end up going to college for acting. So how does that (laughs) work? So so here's the jump. The jump is that um, in high school, I would, I started creating dance, like like choreographies um, for different high school events. Like when we had like a student council in Ecuador because we're Latinos and we're extroverts and we're outgoing humans. Like you do dances for a student council and all these things. And I loved creating those. Um, which was still weird because it was still seen as something that was like feminine, like something that like girls would do. But I somehow, and can I say bad words here? Yeah. I did not give a fuck. <laughs> and I'm going to say that again just in case we cannot. I did not really care a lot about it. Um... <laughs> Because I, I was having fun. I was having fun with my best friends in high school and yeah. actually my AKA guy friends like were also like supportive. They didn't care. Like Fernando was having fun, so that's cool. But um, there weren't very many men doing these dances. Oh or- no, they would participate and it would be like a joke. Like it would be like the funny thing in student council. But like I wasn't only participating, I was <laughs> creating them. This was what you were doing. Like full on choreographing and then like I started learning how to use software to edit music out of just wanting to do this thing that was very fun to me. Mm-hmm. And then this is where it got a little real. In sophomore year, was it freshman? No, no, no. Sophomore year of, of high school, what you would call sophomore year here in the U.S. Um, a friend of my brother. Okay. And, and I, I know her because she went to my high school. Her dance teacher had just created a new studio a new dance studio from zero. And she was like, hey, like, my dance teacher is looking for uh, male dancers to join her studio and, like, train. Um, and I was like, what's a studio? <laughs> like, truly, like, to that, to that, I was like, I don't know what this is. Of course. And she, like, gave me her Blackberry pen. Do you remember Blackberries? Of course. This is Ooh, forever over now. Reese's. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Reese's. I got the pen. And then I messaged <laughs> her during class. I'm sorry, my teachers. Um, and I messaged <laughs> this new human in my life, this wonderful, powerful woman. And I was like, hey, like, I'm Fernando. I'm a male dancer. I like dance. Yeah, but I was not a male. I was a human that liked moving. Um, (laughs) His body couldn't stay still. Yeah. And then before this, I must say, my parents had signed me up for, I don't want to say a thousand, but a lot of theater uh, camps and events in, in Ecuador. So it's not like I was not doing anything before that. Right. Like I was part of an improv troupe. Um, and I performed like a month in this beautiful place and I did shows with a lovely Ecuadorian group called Fantoche. I was doing sort of things like that. I also did a casting call for a TV show that I did not get <laughs> um, in Ecuador. So I started like 
what's the word in English? Dabbling or yeah, dipping your toes dipping my toes in. into yeah. this world. But it was always work. fun. So when you didn't get the TV show or anything like the that, the TV it wasn't... show was the only thing that, and the improv troupe was the only thing that was real because the people surrounding me were real. Were training, <laughs> like meaning they were they were actors for a profession. They were okay. doing this as a career, um, but I was also like the youngest, like a huge age gap. Okay. Like if I was truly like 13, the next one to me was 21, 22. Wow. Yeah. And my parents trusted them with like educating me or having me because of friends in common. Okay. So that's the only reason. So it was still like very not like that's, I did get real training there. I must give them credit. Um, But it's still in your head. Wasn't like, this is going to prepare me for my future as a theater creator or... It kind of was and it kind of wasn't, again, because of the thing I've heard, because I didn't see it as a possibility. Like, I I was having fun and every time I... And I only did this, like, three times. Every time I got a casting call, I was like, this might be it. Like, Mm -hmm. full of hopes and then it didn't happen and then you jump back to school and math and English and Spanish. You know what I'm saying? But you never took those no's and thought to yourself, oh, well, then maybe... I dreamed of it. I saw, oh, this is so cheesy. I am sorry. I no. would watch S Club 7 or oh. 18s on like Disney Channel. And yeah. do you know, do you know? S-Club of course, yeah. And I'd be like, yo, like I want that. <laughs> That's and, me. It's, it's, they just need me on this show. hilarious because I'm such a bad singer. Like it's the opposite <laughs> of who I am. But I didn't understand at the point. So I would watch TV and actually my mom really tried to get me active. I was okay. more chubby because I didn't do anything for working out. And I just sat there and watched TV. And I think I sat there and watched TV not because I was introvert. You know me. I'm not really You're an, not introvert, an introvert. But because I would watch all these TV shows and they were so inspiring to me. Like I wanted to be in that. Okay. Um, but again, like theater was so far like fun and doing shows and I took it uh, seriously for myself but it was not professional I think that's the word okay I was not professional training wise right and then this dance studio opened their doors to me my mom took me I was a sophomore in high school and you're not a kid anymore and she still took me because she didn't know when she was taking me and she wanted to make sure like she was hesitant I remember um because she wanted me to be in a healthy environment you never know and I started long story short I started training in the studio and then it became a little more serious and then I had to be there at a certain time and dance gives you discipline and I and I needed that. I was a ballerina for 12 years. It is the most discipline I think I've ever... It's like military training. Yeah. And I was still doing improv on the side. Oh, and I forgot to mention, I was doing piano on the side. Fernando, is there something that... You, did you go to school? Did you study it was like normal kids? My, my high school friends still laugh at me and I'm actually... It's funny that for me, now that I'm saying this out loud and practicing awareness... It's funny to me that dance was the triggering moment because now that I'm saying this and I'm sorry to jump back, okay. I was I had also been doing piano lessons for like five years at this point. Um, I was not good at piano. Are um, you good at piano now? No, but I love it. <laughs> like piano was uh, also discipline training. I wasn't as disciplined and I'm aware of that. Okay. But it was very uh, therapeutic to me. Very therapeutic. And it was something that I would go in. I love my teacher. And I still love her to this day and train and understand more of this world. And she's also a, a concertist. She does concerts. Like she's not Concert only... pianist. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like then I would go see her shows. So like Aww. it was very amazing. But because I wasn't good at it, you know, I didn't see like, this is my career. I was like, maybe one day if I put the hours and I then So didn't. you were also planning on being a concert pianist <laughs> not maybe? Not really. It was never... A, it, it was something that I truly enjoyed. 
again, jumping back, I'm sorry, um, to dance. I was taking classes one random day. My teacher is like, look at the schedule. You have rehearsal on Friday. And I, not joking, I said, rehearsal? I was like... Oh, you've never heard the word before? I mean, I heard the word, bef- the, the word before, but I was like, rehearsal for what? Like, I was like confused. Like, I, in my experience, when you're rehearsing, is because you have a script or because you have something that was preconceived or pre-choreographed or something. Like, mm-hmm. I had no idea. And she basically um, scheduled me and a human that is now one of my best friends in the world. And I, world, and I think you met her, Isabella. Yeah, of course. Isabella. Okay, I didn't realize that's how you guys met. Yes, we were scheduled together. And we're in this <laughs> tiny dance studio in Ecuador. And we're like, hi. And, <laughs> and, they, and, and she choreographed a hip-hop duet for us. Oh, my gosh. And this hip-hop duet changed my life. And the reason is because suddenly we started rehearsing on the weekends and doing more and more dancing. And I was new to this. And then she's like, we're going to go to a dance competition. Oh, wow. I had never been to dance competition before. At that moment, all these TV dance competition shows were not viral dance or famous. Dance moms were not around no. at that time, so, unfortunately. I'm thankful, though, because I think I would have had a preconceived idea. And my, of course. And your mom is nothing like that. No, and also my dance shows... The dance competition world in Ecuador is very different than that. Um, but then I went to a competition. And I was so excited. And I was on stage. And I got silver medal, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then we started competing with this dance. So the next thing I know, um, I, I didn't book a competition. I, we submitted ourselves to this competition. We have a competition. I'm like excited. I'm excited. And my parents are going to the beach. And they're like, I started having conflict with my parents then. Okay. Because weekends, usually during summertime in Ecuador, you go to the beach. And I couldn't oh. because I had dance training. And then... That's when they started questioning. Yes. Okay. And therefore I had to also. Because it was of less course. time at the beach and more time in the city training. And my mom had to stay and she didn't want to stay. So all these questions started popping up. But that weekend, she actually was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the beach. You can stay with your uncles. And I was like, thank you. And I stayed for the competition. And she was still supportive for the okay. record. It was more like this had become what it has become. This was nationals. Oh, my gosh. I, you submitted and made it to nationals without I realizing what know. that was. I didn't know. And also, the dance world in Ecuador wasn't as big. Or it was big, but it was growing competition-wise. Okay. So just to get this fast, because I can speak about this forever... Jumped into this dance competition, win this dance competition, get a, a bid or a participation to go to Dance Worlds, mm-hmm. the Dance World competition in the U.S., which I was so not trained and was for. Was this your first time coming to the U.S.? Uh, no, I had come before, but it was I was not coming just to like Hang see out. my fam, but like <laughs> or go to Disney. I was like going to perform, and then I was so confused and cried so much. Um, and so excited. And then group national dance competitions happen in Ecuador, which is a bigger event than that. That I knew of. Okay. And then we also won with one dance in group national dance competitions. And that, this all started changing my life. To make this shorter, I entered the dance world. And next thing I know, from sophomore to senior year of high school and until the end of my graduation, I'm dancing as a not career because I'm not getting paid for it. Right. But emotionally, it's... That's your life. It's my life. Like, um, high school, you go home, you eat lunch, and then you go dance. And then at the mm-hmm. beginning, it was hard because I was doing improv dance and piano. So oh it became 
high school, eating in the car, going to piano lessons, then walking from piano to dance lessons, mm-hmm. finishing dance at nine and then, or at like 8.30, I think, and then having improv. Bit. No, I had improv after that. Until <laughs> no, like 10.30. No, no, until like 10.30 and then go home and, you know, like you have to do homework. But that helped kind of prepare you for what you got into college for. Yes. So you went to Pace University and you majored with a BFA in acting and screen, television, voiceover. And commercials. And commercials. FTVC. Okay. And that's one of the only programs in the country, really. It was the only BFA at the time that had acting or film on TV. There were other schools that were doing a mix Or conservatories, but it was the only one. And then you are one of the few people that Pace University allowed to minor, right? Minor? Yes, to do a dance minor, which like, thank God, thank my mother, thank anyone. (laughs) Thank Rhonda. Thank Rhonda. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank Wayne. Like, I feel very thankful that they allowed me to. So you majored with a acting degree, and then they allowed you to still continue this passion for dance. Yes. So I... Quick thing, I'm applying to college. Applying to college was very different for me because I didn't know how to apply to college in the U.S. I didn't know what Common App is or was. I didn't know what the SAT was. Like, I have, Oh, because you don't do that. No. So I have to do all these extra exams that, I mean, you also need to do it. But right. you are you already know. We're prepped for it. You kind of just no, hit your face against the class. I had a big-ass book that my cousin gave me. And I'm like, what is this shit? <laughs> um, so then I had to... Go on, go on auditions here in the U.S. Okay. And I did those. And that, before I went to auditions, I had to choose my major. And it was kind of a hard process. I was putting directing or producing. And I think it's because I wasn't um, willing to admit to myself that I wanted to be a performer. Okay. Uh, or study performance. Was it a belief in failing of that? Or still in your head that that's just not an option? I think it was uh, maybe both. Like, I truly don't... I'm, I wish I was more aware of how I felt. I just, it was just not a possibility. Okay. Because um, you didn't think it could be for you. No. And I remember there was a tab and you had to put the thing and I was like directing, producing and all these things. And um, then eventually on a family trip, I was like, mom, dad, like I want to study acting. And they were like, okay. Oh. And I was like, you're joking. Like, <laughs> like that was so hard for me. And you guys are like, okay. Your They're parents like, are oh, no. so amazing. And I remember like closing the door after that and I was like, Fuck yeah, like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and also dance was not, in my head, a possibility for me because I had been having dance training for three years. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, three years of dance work, like, you still need to grow so much. Um, and I still loved acting. So acting was, was what, it was something that was there for me, and I loved it too. Okay. Fast forward. Go. I go to Pace. I arrived to Pace. First semester, I started craving making art. And I didn't feel like I was doing that in acting classes, which was not true. It's it just, was just not what your soul was calling for. Yeah. So I started doing photography. I almost double majored in photography, which I loved. Yeah. I loved. But then Dance Manners audition happened. I do the thing. Um, I didn't hear back. I go to the chair of the dance department and I asked her hey like I would love to be a dance minor she kind of like interviews me she's like I saw you in the audition like the dance minor at Pace I don't know why it's a little tricky it's a little private like they don't really they're very protective of the commercial dance yes. program and it's very well known and they're such incredible dancers which like so much love to Pace but they also publicize it in tours they're like you can also do a dance minor and I'm like 
I had to like knock on so many doors to be. But you were motivated enough to do that because I you felt. It. Yeah. I wanted it. And then I got accepted. So then I threw my camera away. I didn't. It's in my room. <laughs> you, you metaphorically threw that in the trash. Yeah. And I started doing the dance minor thing. And it's one of the best decisions I've made to decide to train in acting while training in dance. Hmm. Okay, so in your vernacular, fast forward a little yes. bit, you graduate from Pace University mm-hmm. and you have your BFA in acting and you have this minor in dance and you are from Ecuador, as yes. we've established. And so <laughs> you have to kind of figure out in a year how you're going to stay here if that's what you decide to do, <sighs> <laughs> which you ended up deciding that you wanted to stay in the United States. So you did this year to kind of prep yourself to then apply for this O-1 visa, which is the artist visa. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that? Just in yes. case people don't know. The question and everything you commented, it's a lot. So I'm going to yeah. try to be specific. Great. Um, since the moment I came to Pace, literally my first uh, university 101, which is a class we have at Pace for like an introduction to college, I talked to the head of my program and I'm like, I would like to strategize to see how I can apply to stay here. Do you know anything about it? This is week one of being a freshman well, in week college. Two. I okay. don't know. Like, wow. And uh, my dear teacher, and I, I would like, to, I haven't worked with him, but I consider him like part of the industry and the co-worker. head of your program. Yeah, but oh he's God, also he's a friend. So lovely. Brian yeah. is also a friend. Uh, didn't really know. He's like, I'll try to find information from for you. But he didn't really know. And um, there were many times during the four years that I would ask different people or, or different casting directors that would come mm-hmm. to visit to be invited guests. And none of the answers were positive. Nonetheless, they were realistic. Okay. Or like, we don't really know. Like, I wouldn't really consider you without a visa and all these things that were really rough. Because O-1 visas, it's known to be one of the hardest visas it's, to obtain. And it's, I have not applied for any other visa than tourist and O-1, but O-1, it's like extremely hard and it destroyed me and I, it built me up. So then senior year comes and I, I'm looking for lawyers. I find a lawyer that I really didn't like, but I was curious and I was like trying to, um, in Spanish we say get wet with knowledge, like, like kind of just- Soak it all up, just yes. have every option on the table so exactly. you can make the best decisions. So at this point I'm working with this lawyer and I remember actually one of my last meetings before I graduated, just like crying in the lobby of Pace Performing Arts because like I went to- one of my teachers, Matthew Humphrey's office. And I was like, how can you help me? Like, I would like to get connected with companies that could eventually sponsor me or could help. Like, and he's like, I was not being specific enough. Right. So he's like, what companies do you like? And he was very honest and he very helpful. But at the moment, I just felt a little lost and I didn't know how to do this. And I wanted it so badly. You're an 18 year old kid trying to stay in the country. Well, at that, at that moment, no. At that moment, I was 20. This is my oh, senior year. Oh, your senior year. Okay. Senior year of, of college. Um, and I just didn't have the tools. So after I talked to my mom over the phone because my family are, it's my rock. Um, I eventually was able to get a different lawyer to kind of know how the process works and to apply for it and then apply for it and then get asked for more evidence and then get asked to leave the country. Yeah. You had to move back to Ecuador for a little bit just in case they denied your 
visa, right? Yes, because I applied for my O-1 visa during the process of re-election, or not re-election, during... The um, first year of Trump, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was rough because a lot of uh, laws were changing. And even the lawyers themselves, like, didn't really know how these laws were completely applied. Law is hard, you know? You need to see how they're applied, what it says, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I apply for it. I, before I apply for it, I get the OPT. OPT okay. is a year that you are allowed to stay in the U.S. to, it's called optical practical training, to work on your craft. You can only work. And get jobs in your field that you majored in, right? And Fernando jumped in. <laughs> you, I am not kidding when I say every time I saw you, you were working on a different show. You had different shows lined up in the future. When you were finished with these shows, you were in dance training. You were just a workaholic during I, that year. I, I had to. And that was, I mean, I'm, and I'm thankful that was one of my drives because I had to do this. And I also loved it. Like, it's not like, oh, I have to, I don't care. Like I loved it. I was like, make it happen. But you weren't necessarily, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't necessarily motivated by this passion to create art. Was it also just a little bit of motivation of fear? It was not necessarily neither. It was, it was in a strategy. It was like, I want to do shows. I need to do shows. I want to do art. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. But I stopped choreographing. I stopped kind of like making my own, my own art because that was not going to connect me with the humans that were going to Keep uh, you here. support me and facilitate the experience for me to apply for this visa. Okay. So I was applying a lot of places. I also did a lot of shows that were, were unpaid, which like now I, I mean, if it's a friend, I would do it now, but like I, we need money to survive, you know? Um, I was trying everything out. You I were. was knocking on doors. And to a point that I even, one of the lovely humans that supported my visa, Eamon Foley, he, um, I auditioned for a show for him. He did not cast me on the show. And I saw the website of his company. It's called Grind Arts. And I loved the work that they were doing. So after I didn't get uh, this show, I sent him an email. And I was like, hey, how can I support your work? How can I collaborate mm -hmm. with you? And he opened the doors for him. And the next project, I was in it. Like he okay. me, But like it was a process... And I don't think that would have ha had happened if I would have not knocked on the door after I got a no. Just not taking no for an answer and moving on. So then it was like, what work do I like? What doors can I start knocking? It was less about auditioning, but where can I start knocking on doors and seeing what's up? And then Curia Performance Project came into my life. Right. Which uh, was my main sponsor for my wonderful visa. And also my one of the biggest passions that I've had creating art which is a contemporary Afro-Latin dance company. and Oh, those pieces were beautiful. I love their work so much, and I've been able to do a lot of shows and process and workshops with them. I love them And as a, a dance company. As a dance just company. Which, know. like, I had just graduated with an acting degree. And I was like, this is a contemporary Afro-Latin dance company. <laughs> Hello, Fernando. Very different, because the dance world in um, Pace... The, dance major was a commercial dance major. Right. This was very much not commercial. No, it was not. You were doing the machinery of war like walking through a city and you were all on the ground in nude clothing. Yes. Thing. Like I was in a artist shop in Brooklyn like, and I was fuck? in my head just thinking, I love this man. <laughs> I'm going to drink this Trader Joe's wine. Yes, and for like five dollars. Yeah. No, I'm no. sorry. Um, 
And but that's I, what you did all throughout the year. And oh, I also want to point out one of my favorite jobs that you did during this um, hellish year post grad was you were in the haunted house blood. Manor. Oh wow, I did that. You did do for that for two years. Yes, you did. Um, which was very fun. It's just very rough on your body. If you do not submit those photos for casting calls, I'm like very disappointed in you. I have it on my website. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did all sorts of projects. I choreographed with Homegrown Theater Company from mm-hmm. our friend Hirsch. Yeah. Um, and also I started working with Sitting Shotgun, or actually I continued working with Sitting Shotgun. Yeah. Which is from my one of my best friends in the world, Ali Marotta. Um, They're creating really great avenues for artists to yes. bring their art. And at the moment, uh, it was a collaboration between Ali and Joe Rolt. Um, and they opened the doors for me to be a board member in this company. And I started auditioning and... So you're doing all of this stuff for this entire year. And while you're doing it, you're doing it with the mindset and the motivation of like meeting these humans who are going to help support you, help curate and move you forward in this and weird web of the artist industry. But as you said earlier, applying for your own one visa made you stronger, but it also kind of just destroyed you. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that, because I definitely remember seeing you and you would talk about all this stuff in almost like a manic state that you were doing, and then it would just deplete you. And you had this stack of papers and people had to write letters. And it's, (laughs) tell me a little bit about that kind of up and down of that process. I'm laughing and maybe we cut this, but I'm laughing because I just realized I took my hat off and I'm like grabbing my hair because, <laughs> because it's, it was so crazy. It was so crazy. So very important thing I want to say, I'm working with all these people. I'm hoping to get support for this visa. I'm also in love with what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not doing it only from a point of like network, but I am like thrilled. Like I'm choreographing with Hirsch. I'm like working in this immersive theater show with Eamon Folly and like, um, acting and dancing with Ali and movement directing and starting a new dance season from the ground up with Cura Performance Project. Like, And while you're doing this, you, you and Ali also have your own show that you've written yes, and I, that you choreographed. So, and- which was one of the key things. And actually, let me talk about my manic state for a second. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we all have them. Don't worry. Yeah, I so, had one earlier today. <laughs> so, um, and I do want to talk about Embusca in Pursuit if you want I, to. Yes, I do. But... Eventually, it started getting to a point that I had to apply for, like, paper-wise, I had to apply. So, I am, I am auditioning, I am rehearsing, I am performing, I am doing paperwork. Yeah. You're um, meeting with lawyers. Yes. You're working and soul-filling with these people and creating art, but you're also talking to them about what they have to do in this yeah. step of the process. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm also partying. I'm also yeah. like... Oh, yes. We had so much tequila during yes. that year. <laughs> like, I, I want to I make it clear. Like, I was not only working. And it's not like every day was like this, but it got to a point that every day became visa application process. Mm-hmm. So what that would look like is, and it was around February, would um, wake up, go to rehearsal, uh, or if I needed to stage manage because I was also a social an associate director of the show, like do paperwork for them. Um, if I had an audition, I had an audition and then go home at night and work for my, and, and like on my visa papers until 4am mm-hmm. and then sleep and repeat like nonstop. Yeah. Like a nonstop. Um, and it's a lot because a lot of the papers are things that are not at hand are 
documents that I needed from Ecuador and therefore I needed my mom to go get from the dance studio. Like I, the O1 visa is called the Extraordinary Ability Visa. And basically what you need to prove is that in any field, which could be math, uh, science, art, I don't, there's more fields that you could apply on. You need to prove that you're, you have an extraordinary ability and that therefore um, this lovely, powerful country uh, wants you or deserves you and that you're you here to better. add up. Yes, that mm -hmm. you're here to add up, basically. So you need to show everything that you've done throughout your life and who you've worked with and what's your resume and in what theater do you perform and how many people were at the show and how much did you get paid for the show. And, and the reviews and, yeah. And also show that the reviews uh, mentioned you as a distinct performer. Right. Not just as an ensemble member, but no. you had a personal shout out is, in newspapers. Which is a pain because a lot of, a lot of like... Uh, shows like you can be a powerful ensemble member, you know? So it's a painful process. Then I got to get all these letters um, signed. But first we need to create the letters. So I'm like asking for resumes from these people that are signing the letters to like make these letters with my lawyer. Then my lawyer approves them. Then I grab them. I go to the person. Then they sign it. But then there was a mistake. So then you need to do it again. And New York is crazy. Yeah. So I'm like trying to schedule to see, let's say you, like to sign this letter for a second time and clean it up and make it the best that it can be. And yeah. so it was a lot of work. And what it became is that I became very objective with the mission and my passion. But um, I think in a way I emotionally decided not to be as aware of what was happening sometimes. Just kind of disconnect from it. Survival. Mm -hmm. You know, I would pour my heart in rehearsal and in the shows. And, oh, wow, I had so much fun in those shows. <laughs> but then if you're working every night on your visa papers and you're pouring your heart out, it's unhealthy for you. So it was not about... These papers were not about um, who I am. It was about who I, what I needed to do in to the moment. Proof. And I know I'm motivated and I know I am willing to put my heart in my work. So I did it. So as you're going through all of this and you're up till 4 a.m. and you're waking up the next morning to go to rehearsals and stuff like that, it is taxing on your body, it's taxing on your emotions. What was necessarily driving that motivation for you to get out of bed every morning to do this every single day, especially during those times when that was all you were doing? Love, family community, passion. Yeah. I love what I do. I really do. <laughs> I love watching you do what you I do. I really do. And, and I think the rest of the things I mentioned, family, community, and passion, were just um, what kept supporting me. Pushing you. Oh, wow. The amount of times I FaceTime my mom oh. throughout this. Because I'm printing. I'm, like, printing and, like, it's a, it's a very lonely process. My roommates were key. Oh, she, your roommates are, like, incredible women. Like, and Fernando Poli also lived with me at the time. Like, key supporters, you know? Um, and my friends that had gotten an O-1 visa. Okay. So you knew people. Like, as you're going through this process, you kind of I met... I had one... Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no. You kind of met people who also have done this before or were looking to do it. Because you weren't the only person in your year that was from out of the country. Because we had, like, Rafael was your year, and he's from Brazil. And you had other people that... Sebastian and Jerry Aww. Yang in my... I love them, and I miss them. 
um, they were not applying for this visa though. Right. So we shared the feeling of uh, being um, international humans in this country. Mm-hmm. Aliens, AKA. <laughs> but um, I had a company dance member, like a friend of mine, co-worker. She was like, she became a close friend and she had done the O1 visa. Okay. And another like not that like distant friend also had gotten it. So asking them questions and daring to get a, they're very personal questions, you know? Yeah. So kind of them opening the doors for me to ask these personal questions and understand the process and being like, Mavi, I'm exhausted. I've been working on hours and she's like, Oh yeah, I did that for three months. And I'm like, I'm on my first month and I'm going crazy, (laughs) you know? Um, and then I became a machine. You did. I became a machine. Like, it was like, this is what needs to be done. Go print, go print, go. Uh, oh, I bought so much paper and ink, you know? <laughs> Which, this thing was, I just, when we post this, I want to post a photo of the monstrosity <laughs> that is your O one like, it's huge. It, it took was, up your desk and you had boxes and boxes of paperwork in your room. It, people need to see this. We're going to find a way to post this so that people have a visual image of what you accomplished in this year. I feel like I did it. I did that. Like I did that. And I'm sorry, that sounds very arrogant. No, and what I'm saying is that like, did that. I was, the pile of papers kept growing and I was like, yes, it's growing, but it also never felt like it was done. Mm. you know so oh I was just doing the thing and and working hard um I also must say I was being very supportive by my parents because at some point like this gigs were not paying enough yeah um and the way the yeah the way I was able to do it is that like my parents are like giving me support economically for food and for survival. Because otherwise, like, these gigs were paying me, but it's not enough for this crazy city. No. So, so much love to these humans because emotionally they were also there for me. Um, And then I send it. Mm -hmm. And, oh, it was a great feeling to not have those papers (laughs) in my room. Because I used to also throw parties in my room and no yeah. one could get close to those papers. Oh, yeah. Drunk Fernando on tequila would be like, get away, please. No. Step away, please. Paper- get out of this room. Yeah. No, it was terrifying. I had put so much love into them. I also made two. The backup. The backup. Mm-hmm. Which I still have under my bed. <laughs> on two carry-ons. Doesn't fit in one. <laughs> well, that just gives people a visual image of how many trees you killed to stay oh, in this country. But my passion, though. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, trees. I've given a lot of water to the trees in Ecuador, <laughs> I must say. I plant some trees, whatever. Um, but then I apply for it. I honeymoon phase. Like... It's, 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 so you apply for it, but that doesn't mean you immediately get an answer of yes or no. They have to read through every yes. single document. They have to validate it. So this is, you submit it and then it's months to wait for a yes or no. Please know that there's no way that we can talk in this podcast of how much work it is. <laughs> like it's because you also need to get people from the government to check it first and then sign letters to support the thing. And the lawyers need to go through everything. My poor lawyer. I love them through everything and then sit with you and filter and then ask for what they need more. So then you need to edit it. Like it's a, it's a giant process. Yeah. Like, so when I send it, um, honeymoon phase, because it's summer in New York, 
and I don't have to deal with these papers anymore and I can keep doing art. And some exciting projects were coming my way. So let's do this thing, mm-hmm. you know? And like, Fourth of July was happening and all, like, so, so much excitement. So much excitement. And then you get a call from your lawyer that you need to flee the country uh, that week and go back home to Ecuador. I'm trying not to take my hat off again. So, <laughs> um, the way, timeline, objective, again, try, I'm trying to be less emotional and just objective. Timeline. The answer comes back. They ask for more evidence. I am destroyed. This yeah. is before they asked me to leave. Um, it's a, they send me a 10-page, um, I'm going to call it an essay or just documents, um, being a specific why I needed more evidence. Um, and a lot of the people that receive this information are not necessarily artists, so you just need to explain it better or explain it with different documents of the work you've done. Fernando cries. Mm-hmm. Fernando goes to his backyard and dances. I still have it on Instagram. Um, Fernando cries more. Oh, I, it was awful. I, I had rehearsal that day. And after that, I was in a Whole Foods. Like, we're costumers. I was like, not like crying, like, like ugly crying, weeping. like weeping, like, like, like. Well, you poured your heart and soul into this and they said, it's not enough. No. And I was like, I was broken. I was broken that, that night. And then I went home and my roommate, such a lovely human. I got a beer and I got a bag of Doritos. And I sat on my bathtub and watched, um, what's the movie? Um, the Marvel. No, no. It was a, <laughs> I needed something fun. I was Marvel, the Doctor. Oh, Doctor um, Strange. Doctor Strange, yes. Doctor Benedict. Strange. I'm, I'm a huge cumber. I I'm just obsessed. sat in the bathtub, watched Doctor Strange, disconnected, Doritos and beer. <laughs> which I'm not trying to do because of like dance and whatnot. Um, and then I woke up the next day and I was like, what are my options? Wow, this feeling is so real. It's literally in my gut. Oh. It was like, my options are um, to try again, to keep doing this, or to give up. And trust me, I was defeated. I didn't know, and I keep fighting. And I also had community and friends and people that were like, you got this, you mm-hmm. can do it. Which is very helpful, but it also felt naive. I was like, yeah, I can do it, but you have no idea. What you've already done. Having to do this again, like you don't understand. Um, and it was painful because a lot of people were like, you got this, you got this. And I was like, but you don't get it. Like it, this is requires so much for me, time, emotionally, intellectually. (sighs) So you decide to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So why didn't you decide to give up? What, what motivated you to jump on that mountain of paperwork again? What was it in you that? drove you to keep doing this um sorry i get emotional because i think it was like i i respect a lot this country and i love this country but more than that is that the art and the opportunities that this country has performing arts wise are opportunities that i don't have in my country no and there's a lot of lovely performing arts that is happening but I feel so strongly and I feel fire inside of me wanting to put my work out there and do the things that I was like, I aim high. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times and most of times I don't reach that, but I was like, I need to keep aiming high. And also um, community, my mother, my friends, and 
I disconnected, which I think it's something unhealthy. That it's yeah. But I think I chose it as a strategy. I gave myself the options in my bed the next morning. I was destroyed and inflamed from crying. And I was like, I want this. I want this. I love this. I have so many people supporting me. Um, you, I was, I could have not forgiven myself if I would have not tried that. Because if I didn't try it again, then what am I doing? Why did I go to college? Like, why, why did I, what am I fighting for? You know, and I'm fighting for my dream. But it never... N- it never made you not believe in yourself. You no. took that no, and you have that in you where you know this is what you're meant to do. Important distinction. I definitely did think that I could not get this, but that didn't mean that I didn't believe in myself. Okay. That meant that I was playing a system, and the system uh, was not supporting me, yeah. and that's okay. Um, so I, I did it because I love it, because I love this in an unexplicable, uncontrollable way. Um, so decided to do it. I hesitated for a second for the record. (laughs) Love your honesty. Decided to do it. Literally went to Amazon, buy more paper, buy more ink, disconnect, go. Boom. Yeah. For the record, this also, the process again, like get these people to sign these papers again, write new letters. My days started being going to a coffee shop. I stopped kind of rehearsing for things, put projects aside, go to coffee shops, write letters, matcha. I'm sorry, mom and dad. Smoke cigarette. Um, <laughs> and then do it again. Like, like, and then take a dance class or see you. Mm-hmm. Um, get a drink or maybe not because you need to wake up the next day and do it again. Yoga. Yoga was the motherfucking response to my life. <laughs> um, I'm also religious. Lots of praying, lots of trust, lots of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it, and I'm in a, growing place with my religion but it was not really I didn't put it out there like into the world I, I put it into like my work and then eventually and I I've, you, I think you were there I place it on good energies I truly yes. believe that when you put good energies into the world from an honest yes from mm-hmm. an honest place energies come back and sometimes the energy doesn't come back in a way that you want it but everything happens for a reason. My I, mom says. Yep. I am a huge believer. Me too. Happens. But sometimes it pains. Because <laughs> sometimes you don't like that reason. I'm like, what, what is this supposed to mean right now? <laughs> so then I ha- my mom is visiting me. I have to send it again. Um, and then a week before I sent it, lawyers called me. Laws have changed and I needed to leave the country. There's a lot of intrinsic um, details about how this works. I don't think this podcast is about law. You can create your own podcast about the Mm O-1. You would have, I'm sure, quite a few listeners. (laughs) Um, So I'm not going to go into details, but I basically had to leave. You got kicked out. Um, And you went back home. I got kicked out respectfully, though. It wasn't like, you need to leave. It's like, um, for you to stay uh, legal and don't take risks, you you need to leave. Which is why there's a lot of details. It wasn't like... I didn't get a notice. You got you had to go, mm-hmm. and I want to be. And they gave you a week, and they gave me like two weeks. I, it was because I needed to send. It was as soon as I sent my visa application, then I needed to leave. Okay. And I just want to make the distinction because there is a lot of people that get asked to leave from the country, and that was not my case. My case was I had to leave to stay uh, legal and for your protection. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I am in a Panera. My mom is shopping. <laughs> in Ecuador or in the United States? There's no Panera in Ecuador. I was very confused, we, so I just needed to make sure. We don't need Panera in Ecuador, even though... 
<laughs> Even though Panera is really good. Also, it's from San Luis, and my aunt is from San Luis, and it's really good. San Luis, Panera is from San Luis Bread and Co. Just so you know, and now it's Panera. Fun fact: I'm not white. Here we go. <laughs> so, um, I get the notice. My lawyer, my lawyer calls me. I ask questions. I don't understand what's happening. I call my mom. My mom drops everything she didn't shop, didn't buy. Comes to the Panera. I. We're going to see a Broadway show right now. I literally, I'm like, mom, grab my stuff. I go to the bathroom. I'm changing clothes to go to this Broadway show. And I, while I'm changing, I'm calling my uh, companies that are sponsoring my visa. Telling them that I cannot rehearse with them anymore. And then I'm not in their performances. Which is awful. And it destroys me. Because, like, we had rehearsed. We had things coming up. That's, like, ruining your artist's soul and everything you've created and and put in. And my community. Yeah. So... Objectively wise, I did what I needed to do. My mom leaves to go to Ecuador. I finished my papers. I sent my thing. And two days later, um, I go home. And I, and I hug people. And I, and I had multiple events and opportunities. parties. Yeah. Um, some of our best friends get married. And I got to like give so much love to so many people before I left. And... My birthday happened. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, my birthday happened in Ecuador, but I had a birthday. We celebrated story. it yes. here, yes. Mm-hmm. And we write papers. I asked everyone to write something that's you're thankful for on a paper, and we burn it, which was my metaphoric way to send good energies to the world. And I know that is very cheesy, dear listeners, but it's how I felt. I I wanted, in a non-religious way, to say thank you. Did the thing? Go to Ecuador celebrate my my birthday in Ecuador, had a lovely time in Ecuador, unpack. Why did I unpack? I mean, now I look back, I unpack because I started looking for jobs in Ecuador. Because you thought maybe you would have to stay there. Yes. And then, because this podcast is not about my visa, um, I get asked to come back. You get and approved. I get approved. And I scream to the world and I cry. And I also saw the most bittersweet face in my mom's face that I've ever seen before. Mm which is such a life lesson for me. Um, she was so, and my dad too, so happy for me, but also so sad to see me go again because I had just come back and I had just unpacked. You were there for like a week? No, no, no. I was there for a month. A month? A week and then I got a, approved. That's what it was. And then okay. a month and told papers. Um, you know, paperwork happens. It's a lot of time. And I, by, the, by the record, at this point, I had started applying for jobs. And trying to choreograph in Ecuador and try to jump into the acting industry and act in their shows and whatnot. And all of that, I had to literally a week later say, like, thank you, no thank you. Um, and then I come back. Fun fact, the day I had to go pick up my visa, I got very sick. I puked until 6 a.m. <laughs> and then at 7 a.m., I jumped into a car with a bucket. <laughs> because, oh, trust me. <laughs> You were not not all, picking up these papers. All I was thinking was like, don't puke in front of this American guy in this embassy. <laughs> just don't. They're going to take the papers back. If just you puke in front of them. Don't. Like a full of cologne. Full oh of cologne. I'm like, they're like, who is this Ecuadorian dude who oh, bathed I looked in cologne? amazing. <laughs> and I got my visa. I probably looked destroyed, but I wanted to believe I looked amazing. I'm sure you looked and amazing. And then literally... Uh, gave my passport because I didn't get it immediately. Like, you just submit your passport and then jump back into the car and went to get an IV. 
to get hydrated. <laughs> and this is to say, and my mom says this, that I feel like a lot of times I've gotten things a hard way. And a lot of times I got things um, in an easy way or in a privileged way. I do not want to diminish my privilege. Like my parents have been able to support me in an extraordinary way. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like there's many emotional things that happen in a the hardest way for me, like this thing. And I was like, do you want this? Like, I'm like in my shower, like fever, like running. And I need to go to my passport. And I'm like, how you, I want this. Like you need to dress up and just go. Um, And this is to say, I, even though I was destroyed by this process, this process built me up Mm -hmm. because if you have a moment that you hesitate about your career and you need to do this paperwork, then you you need to decide if this is what you want for life. And find that inner motivation to make that strong, crazy choice to keep going. A hundred percent. This and which happens to every human, not necessarily with a visa. Very different. In very different ways. But mm-hmm. this was the triggering point, one of the triggering points for me, or tilting points, which was like, if this is what you want. This is when you need to give it all. And that's why I feel so strongly about my things because I I have tried to give it... I would like to believe I've given it all, but the world thinks otherwise sometimes. <laughs> um, and yes, and then I get my visa and I come back and I am in the pursuit of my dreams. Yeah. And before we let you go, we'll let you tell the listeners kind of what you're doing currently and where they can see you. But I do have one final question for you. Um, also, it's the first episode, so let's just plug the title of this show. Oh, tell me. Let's do it. So my biggest question and something that really motivated me to create this podcast was I'm so fascinated and I'm I'm motivated by other people and my friends and people unfortunately that I see on Instagram it may motivate me in the very wrong way but I'm still motivated to none the less but my parents have been saying for the past year and a half now just keep chipping away at your rock and you will eventually get to that drippy core center of your dream and what you deem as success so I'm I just want to ask you that overarching question of Every day you wake up and you chip away at your rock in very different ways, but do you think you can kind of narrow that down to what keeps you putting that hammer on that rock? I was actually thinking about this before coming because I I know the name of your podcast. Yes. Um, I hope so. (laughs) Yes. Um, I recently went to a taping of Inside the Actor Studio. Love it. It's at Pace University. We were very fortunate to be able to see that. This one was with Lupita Nyong'o and Uzua Duba. Life-changing. Yeah, beautiful. And one of the questions that Lupita was asked is, um, why do you act? Mm -hmm. And she said, because I must. And it really resonated to me, not to say that I'm near, like, a place where Lupita is in her career. Everyone starts somewhere. But why do I do, why do I, what's chipping away and... Chipping away at your rock. My rock, it's because, um, it's because I love... And therefore, I have to. Like, I love what I do. Um, and it is what I want to do. So as hard as it is, if I feel so passionate about this, it would be disrespectful to my integrity as a human to not listen to my core and my body and my soul. And, and I choose to listen. 
and I chose to grow because I, I also dare to wonder, to, to doubt, to question myself. And every time I do, there's something inside of me that's like, you love this and you feel passionate about this and you want to do it. And within my art, I like inspiring people and bringing people together. And every time I, I'm able to share my art and see how people react, even if it's not the best way, but to put my art out there and inspire other people, it fulfills me. And I would like to believe that it also fulfills them. A lot of my art that I do is to, it's not to, but it facilitates opportunities to inspire other people. But that's why I, I, I do what I do because I love to do it. I love doing it and I, therefore I have to do it. Well, I don't know about the listeners, but I teared up and definitely had goosebumps <laughs> all over my body. I'm so cheesy, but listeners, I'm telling you, I'm just, I just feel strongly. And that's one of the reasons why we love Fernando and we wanted him to be our first guest on this show is he's just a beautiful ray of sunshine and a big ball of emotion that doesn't make me feel crazy. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> before we let you go, please tell everyone, because you're doing some incredible projects right now. I'm Oof. so excited about what you're creating and you just got a new project earlier this week. I haven't told you. I'm so excited. So I'm learning with you guys. I mean, you're going to hear this a couple weeks later after me. So I yes. guess I hear it first. So I'm currently at Zero Space, which mm-hmm. is an immersive technological art experience, mm-hmm. uh, working with the most amazing cast. And I was produced, or not produced, it was the creative consultants of Zero Space were people from Queen of the Night. Okay. Which was the first immersive show I ever saw and so inspired and so in love with their work. And you guys just hit your 200th show? 100th show. 100th show. Okay, I saw that on Instagram. Congratulations. This, I did three more, so <laughs> three. <laughs> I was not in the 100 shows, but we just hit the 100 shows. So I'm doing that. Um, I've been working on our last dance season with QR Performance Project. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still planning on working with them, but the form of our work is changing to something else, perhaps video. Let's see. Um in January, February, I'm, I'm so excited. I cannot this. believe this is happening. I am joining Lincoln Center Educational oh. with a beautiful theater company that's called Blue Laces mm-hmm. uh, in a show called Suts, which is an immersive multisensory theatrical experience uh, for audiences that are differently able, mm-hmm. uh, audiences with autism and developmental differences. And that's also an immersive show, and you get to really just create with yes. those Yes, I don't know what's about... I mean, I do know what's about this immersive shows. I love interaction. I love, as I said, sharing my art with people. I'm most excited about the Lincoln Center, not only because it's Lincoln Center, but also it's the perfect thing for you, bringing it to audiences that might not otherwise get to see theater. So I'm very excited for you. And they're so lovely. I worked with them before, and I love it. And then, the last thing I'm doing right now, and then let's keep, keep growing. <laughs> keep chipping. Um, in February, I am joining Aramis, okay. the clothing brand. Yeah. On a three-day immersive installation for their brand. Oh. I know. It's only a three-day thing, um, but it's exciting. That's more days than I have with the clothing brand. And then, um, as you know, I'm still collaborating with my creative partner, Ali Marotta. They make beautiful art together. Thank you. Um, We're still creating together. I'm still, as I said, working with Career Performance Project. And we'll continue, hopefully, to work with Homegrown Theater Company and keep making art, keep auditioning, um, keep drinking tequila with my friends. <laughs> Always. So much tequila has been the root of our oh, my friendship. <laughs> well, Fernanda, thank you so much for coming on. And you definitely have motivated me this morning. So I'm really excited to see you. what you 
bring to the audience that listens to this? Yeah, you know, I if we love what we do and we decide to put the work, because that's the thing. I feel like a lot of times I'm like, you just need to love what you do. You need to love what you do and you need to work hard for it and be disciplined with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if we are able to do those things and listen to our body and listen to our mental health, because it's hard to keep myself motivated. I think that's something for me. So that a lot of times when I don't get things, my brain, brain plays tricks with me. But I think it's important to go back to my core. To go of back that to love what I do. And that fire. So thank you for having me and thank you for inspiring me and letting me share a bit of my crazy, lovely story. Well, I love you. I love you. Thank you. Cheers. I'm gonna drink tea. It's tea. <laughs>